Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Around the Paddock. I'm your host, Seb. I've got Nico with me, and you already know what it is. We've got your paddock pass to all things F1 from this past week, and then some. How you doing, Nico? I'm not doing too bad. How are you? Good, man. Good. I know we... Uh, we we had a little bit of a night out together yesterday in in Ottawa. Uh, shouts Still out recovering from it, you know. Shouts out to you oh, yeah. for uh, for a good time as always. They yeah. will for sure at one point hear them on the show. I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, we had a good night. We uh, got to talk a little bit about what we're going to discuss this week, especially since uh, the Bahrain pre-test is finally over. Today was the last day, so it's a, a late recording of Around the Paddock on a Saturday night. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything to say, or you just want to hop right into the formation lab? I just want to hop right into the formation lab. This has been such an exciting last three days, you know, especially for me, for Haas. Let's just I, get right into it. I know, I know. So, actually, speaking of Haas... Very first yeah. uh, first talking point is, I know. and you know what? It's actually something that we need to um, talk about because in the last episode for the shunt of the week, we mentioned that, oh, you know, like the news with all these clickbaity headlines about like Mazda yeah. leaving, not leaving, blah, 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 right? I think we recorded the last yeah. episode. It was on a Friday night. Yeah, I Literally think so. the next day, Haas Mazda came out. out. Exactly. Haas came out yeah. and they said that Nikita Mazepin was dropped for the 2022 yeah. season. Um, still, still doesn't change my mind about how the news was just peddling information before it was confirmed. Well, so no, no, no. I'm, I'm, still... I, I'm not. I'm not like you know yeah, talking yeah, yeah. against that, but it's just kind of how the timing worked, right? We did a bit oh, of a, yeah, we did a bit, a bit of an earlier recording, and then literally the last thing we said for that episode, we got our answer the very next day, right? <laughs> so, oh yeah. And I mean, the biggest reason why Nikita Mazepin was dropped was because their sponsor, Uralkali, could no longer provide that sweet, sweet cash, which, as we all yeah. know, it's king in F1. Um, yeah. I also then, heard that uh, a lot of the other sponsors um, pressured Gene as well to, to drop Nikita and uh, Uralkali because of the, uh, the Russian connection. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, yeah. too, right? It's... Yeah. And... and Again, we never like to speak badly on people. Like this isn't a, a podcast no. where we want to, you know, hate on 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 other drivers and other people. But the fact of the matter is that if Nikita Mazepin, you know, showed glimpses of extraordinary potential, right, then there's a good chance that Haas might have actually worked to keep him as, as a driver. Yeah. But I mean, the reality is he he struggled a lot in his rookie year. He Compared to Mick Schumacher, his his other teammate, who was also a rookie last year, I mean the, yeah. the difference was was really big, right? It's so, massive. I mean it's 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 a business decision, right? Obviously, he was there for the money that that his dad's company, Uralkali, was bringing in, and once that dried up, you know, if he's not going to be pushing the team to be more competitive, then there was no reason yeah. to keep him. So, I mean. Honestly, well, I mean, we all have our, our thoughts and opinions, but to Nikita Maspin, yeah. obviously, wish wish him the best for whatever yeah. and happens I hope, to him in the future. Yeah, and I hope he does well, and um, hopefully, maybe back in F one, but more probably in another series. I I wouldn't I, I don't want to see that, but again, there's I, I'm not I'm not gonna like linger too much in this, but you know, I do yeah. wish him I do wish him the best. Um, yeah, yeah. So with that said, 
he got dropped. Yeah. Pietro Fittipaldi was announced as he was going to be the test driver, at least for the first day. But who yeah, did they yeah. bring back? Who oh, they had they to bring, bring a, back the door smasher himself, Kevin Magnuson. Kevin nope. Magnuson folk smashed Ooh. his way right back, back into the paddock. Right back into the heart of Gunther Steiner. Yeah, well, I mean, he seemed yeah. really happy. Um, obviously, Kevin Magnuson. I mean, I, we'll we'll talk a little bit more. Uh, yeah. In, in in the main race, uh, topic, but he's obviously a really skilled driver. Brings a lot of oh, experience yeah. and a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge to the team. I think yeah. he, fastest uh, lap in day two of training. Well, uh, that's what testing. I mean. That we're, that's what I mean. Like I, I'm yeah. gonna touch a little bit more yeah, into yeah. that, but um. Yeah. But just overall, I think for for somebody like Mick, right, to to have a teammate mm. that that has that experience in F one and obviously has that skill to fight and grab points and and take advantage of opportunities when they come up in races, I think it's yeah. uh it's a positive for him. Yeah, yeah, I I do think I do remember reading though that part of the uh, contract with uh, Kevin is that he's not going to be so much a mentor of Mick Schumacher; he's just going to be a straight competitor. So it is going to be interesting to see how um, things progress now that Mick does have a very, you know, talented, very well uh, uh, experienced teammate. But there, he's not going to be learning a one from one. I, no, I'm not sure no. how the relationship is going to be from that. I don't. There's. I don't think there's very many teams right now where where that happens, right? Like we think it'll happen yeah. with Mercedes, Lewis, and George, but there's no saying that it'll happen, right? No, it's oh, not yeah. like they're not there to mentor each other, but for somebody yeah. like Mick to be able to see. To have a, yeah. a competitive a benchmark, reference. right? Yeah, like a yeah, good yeah. benchmark to work towards. That's yeah. it's got to be a lot better than 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 what it was last year, right? That that's kind of what I mean. I don't mean he's gonna Magnuson is no, no, no. And mentor yeah, yeah, no. The reason but, I brought, I I actually brought it up is because some people thought, at least on Reddit, I was reading that some people thought that Kevin was gonna be a mentor to uh, to Mick, and it was clarified that it's not that's not gonna be the case. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. either way. Um, it's it's exciting. I'm I'm glad to see him back. Honestly, I was I was sad when when he left at the end of 2020. Um, yeah. When he and Grosjean left, obviously, it, yeah. it was probably the best, the right decision for Haas at the moment. But you know, with with the changing circumstances, it's it's good that he came back. And I mean, yeah. I, I think he's gonna push the team, and they're they're actually gonna do really well this season. I'm 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 excited now for Haas. You know, I was a little I'm less really excited, excited but now I'm even I'm excited. Yeah, no, no. See, you should have been with me from the start. Uh, I it's think on the record. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. It's on the record. Yeah, I know. Um, unfortunately, though, it does seem that Daniel, Danny, Rick, Danny Boy has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Eh? Yeah. So he's missed. I think he missed all three days of testing. Yeah. So what if this is El Plan from Alpine? Because in the photo that the uh, the no war photo, it's um. Alonso and Ocon are substantially further away from him than some of the best racers. So what if that was El Plan all along? Al Get Plan, everyone infected with Alpine. Yeah. Get everyone infected with COVID. Only Alpine is ready. Well, I will say this on on Danny Rick missing the the testing days. I mean, yeah. We you know, if if you followed F1 last season at least, you know, you know that he struggled a lot with with the McLaren car just being in a new yeah. team, new environment. So I personally hope that the fact that he was not able to to do the testing that it doesn't really hinder his ability to perform in the season, because I think this is a make or break year for Danny Rick. 
if, yeah, if he's not competitive, then it's going to be very hard for McLaren to justify um, keeping him around for, for the long term, yeah. right? And he's so expensive as well. Yeah, that's that's what I mean, right? So if, if yeah. Lando's going to be constantly outperforming him, then it's just just go with Lando as your number one driver and, and go for one of the young guys in, in the feeder series, yeah. right? That, that would deserve it. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I wish... Someone like... Uh... Someone like Oscar Piastri, for example, who's well, actually going to take his place. Yeah, so Alpine said that if, if Danny Rick isn't ready by, by next week's race, by Bahrain, then Alpine reserve driver Oscar Piastri, who's the, the former F2 champion from last year, uh, he, he, they would make him available to take his place in McLaren. And I think yeah. McLaren would take it, but there's nothing set that... I mean, McLaren could take another driver, for example, right? Yeah, they could take any other driver they really um, wanted. But that's not already scooped up i yeah. i don't think that mclaren would pick up oscar piastri like if they don't re-sign daniel ricardo piastri would not go there alpine i think is going to hold on to him and he's, yeah. he's going to drive for alpine he's too talented for any team to just kind of let him go to a rival that's although i will say that's assuming that for me at least that someone like alonso doesn't have a good year this year i know uh, we'll get into alpine later on but if Al- I think if Alonso does really well, I think they might let Piastri pass by to, to McLaren. But if Alonso's having a lot of issues, I think they might just drop him for Piastri. I think that would be a dumb decision by Alpine, and no disrespect to, to Alonso, because I, I think he's he's one of the best. But, I mean, if you're going to compare a really skilled driver who's 40 years old versus a really skilled driver who's in his early 20s that has a lot more potential and, and a, a longer future down the line, I... I mean, if I was Alpine, I, I would be looking at Piastri before any other yeah. team snaps him up because they will regret it if they don't, fully if they don't put him in a seat and he goes to another team. Alpine is going to regret it 100%. I fully agree with you. But, uh, I mean, I, I hope I wish Danny Rick a speedy recovery and hopefully we're able to see him for, for the, very first, uh, the very first GP next week. Yeah, let's hope he's there. And so, Nico, I know you... We're t- talking to me about this yesterday, but apparently there was a potential third race in the USA in Las Vegas yeah, yeah. to replace the yeah, Russian so GP. So it seems that they, well, since they're not going to do Sochi this year, they are looking at doing a Las Vegas race or is rumored to be a Las Vegas race because um, they haven't confirmed it yet. Um, which would be really actually quite interesting. I know Las Vegas, especially at night, um, is oof. It's, it's it's another thing. So to actually see how like a, a street race in, in Vegas would be like a uh, like Singapore. I think it would be amazing. I think it'd be cool. I agree. I yeah. think it would be cool. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, if it's gonna be like when when they're in North America and stuff, why not? Right? Like just reduce travel time. Keep it within yeah. the same country, a different locale. So I would. And, and I also uh, know that the. Uh, I also know that like the organization that owns like Formula One, like the uh, the right, they they want to expand more into the United States. Uh, they've said yeah. that publicly yeah, yeah. at this point. So it, yeah, it, like a U.S. an extra U.S. race just makes all the sense. And then also, you know, Las Vegas this night would be a, an amazing race. I mean, I, I really can't see a reason why they wouldn't just do that. I'm going to be entirely honest. No, yeah, I, I want, agree 100%. And it's ironic that, you know, the Russian GP gets replaced by an American one. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's a little bit more 
geopolitical, yeah. I guess, than, that, than or, anything else. Or, and just follow me on this, about Anquija race. You know, Colombia has enough time to organize the streets. Yeah, yeah, in a couple months. <laughs> just give them a couple, a couple months. months and yeah, yeah because yeah. we know that they can because... get it done in and time. Yes, it's a big election year right now there. And this is not a priority, but they should make it a priority. Yeah, I think the time for like election promises of that kind is is always over now at this point. Yeah, it's 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 well and gone. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, potential third race in Vegas that'd be cool. Um, yeah, Danny Rick, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he does well. But it would be really really exciting to see Oscar Piastri drive an F one car, and uh, and yeah, big step up for Haas. So I mean, let's yeah. move on to the main race because actually, yeah, I yeah. do. And I'm sure you also do have a couple more things to speak about with Haas because I, I think, at least for me, they're the team that has impressed the most. And uh, yeah. I bet you that Gunther Steiner is, you know, smile, grinning from ear to ear. Oh, that yeah. That beautiful I bet smile you. of his. <laughs> um, but so what I'll, I'll do real quick, I, I got some, yeah. uh, some data here just about the some basic data points for each of the three days of testing. So I'll just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. say them out and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the things we learned and, and the things we saw and, and expect. Yeah, so good. on day one, Pierre Gasly set the fastest time. Shouts out Pierre. Yep. We had he Sergio also did the Perez. most laps. We had Sergio Perez do the most yeah. laps as a driver with 138 uh, in day one. Okay. okay. Red Bull was the team with the most laps. So 138 for Perez again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Alpine, well, not Alpine, Alonso, I should say, yeah. with 24 laps was was the driver with the least amount of laps on that first day, and Haas was the team with the least amount of laps on that first day. Yeah. So day two, kind of a complete turnaround because it was Kevin Magnussen, first time back in an F1 car after after about a year and a half off, sets the fastest yeah. time. So yeah, shouts out K Mag. Um, then we have Tsunoda with the most laps, so 120, yeah. right? Which, Which means is insane. was also the, the team with the most laps. I mean, it's insane, but I mean, the day before, Perez and Red Bull did 138, right? So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and the, the team with, and driver with the least amount of laps was Williams and Latifi with only mm. 12 just because of a, a, a fire that, that happened in the brake ducts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of just hampered their, their ability to run and get some testing. And then finally for today, day three, we have Verstappen with the fastest time, what? Yeah. and he set the fastest time of all three days. Yeah. Uh, then we had Nicholas Latifi with the most laps for a driver with 124. So, I mean, good on Williams for letting him make up that time that he missed yesterday. And, you know, he definitely got locked in a lot of laps. Oh, yeah. Alfa Romeo, the team with the most laps today, with 150. So, I mean, I know Oof. they were really struggling with the last in the last couple. Uh, I mean, in Barcelona and even in the la- in the first two days. So it's good to see Alfa Romeo be able to to get some quality laps in and and yeah. gather data. And then the least amount of laps for the driver was Alex Albon with 18, and McLaren was the team with the least amount of laps. But take this in, mm. 90. So today, yeah. 90 laps. Yeah was the least amount for, for a team, which means that obviously really? everybody was pushing super hard, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and honestly, just, I mean, I'll, I'll get right into it, considering McLaren was the, the team with the least amount of laps, but 
it seems that um, McLaren has been experiencing some continuous rela continuous reliability issues, especially with the brake cooling at the front. So yeah. they're really yeah, fast, been... like really fast on the straight. Probably one of the faster yeah. cars. But it looks like they're having trouble actually stopping Ooh. the car. Um, and I mean, that's, that, that's a big problem for them uh, because it's caused them to lose a lot of time. And, and if they haven't been able, at least by this point, to really pinpoint where the error is and how they can fix it, then mm. we're going to see them struggling for, for the first yeah. part of the season, I think. No, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and uh, and hopefully they get a, uh, their brake duct cooling fixed by next week, but that could actually be an issue that just plagues them for a while. Because yeah. they have to like redirect air into the brake duct without reducing their aero efficiency. So it's going to be a, a bit of a tightrope right there. No, exactly. And it's, uh, it's a big yeah. challenge for, for F1 engineers in general with these new regulations. Yeah. And I mean, I, but that's part of the excitement, right? You know, yeah. a limited amount of testing, um, the different design philosophies. So hopefully it does make it more competitive. But I, yeah. I definitely am also hoping that McLaren is able to, to kind of figure that stuff out because I do want to see them uh, fighting at the front of the midfield at the very least or, or maybe even oh, yeah. fighting for podiums consistently. Um, Although I have to say, I am horrified, insulted that when you were going through all this data, you didn't say who got the second fastest lap on day three. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me say that the data that I got here was from Reddit. So it, it was a few Reddit posts that, that I kind of took yeah. some screenshots off to say it. But it was not like, a, it wasn't a list of all the times and everything. They no, just no, took the I know. The reason but, I'm saying this, because it was Mick Schumacher. Yes. Yeah, of yes. course. And it, I mean, we have it in the show notes here, right? Like Haas is looking really competitive, a lot more competitive oh, yeah. than, than anybody thought, right? Kevin Magnussen set the fastest lap on day two. And I mean, as you yeah. said, Mick Schumacher set the, the second fastest lap on day three. Um, obviously, nothing is set in stone, but... No, of course not. But I mean, in terms of compared with, with the other teams, I think Haas did did really well, especially considering they kind of, you know, blundered it in, in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you're excited over that oh, prospect. Very excited. And yeah, I, I'm honestly hoping that they do well. As, they do well too. You know, Haas is like he's one of those teams that's it's just fun to root for. Yeah, it's the underdog team, right? Even it's... though I feel like they're one of the most the, the unluckiest teams. In 100%, general, 100%. Yeah, no, but, 100%. But no, I'm glad to see Haas, especially considering last year how poorly it went, and the year before that with the uh, issues that the cars had. Because um, if I remember, Magnussen said. As like one of the worst cars he's ever driven. Um, it's yeah. really glad I'm really glad to see that, you know, they're actually you know they had the money to develop the car. Now they have the car that's really good and really competitive, and hopefully they do really well this year. Next year they'll have more money. I mean, you know, the money and time too, right? Because they sacrificed. I yeah, think yeah, it was yeah. like two years basically, just Pretty just much. to really nail the but regulations. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but in, in F1, you know, cash is king, right? And if you don't have a good sponsor, if you don't have the money to, like, back up a team, like, like look what happened with Williams. Williams was struggling. They got, you know, that new, um, I think it was a collective. It was, like, an, a, a group of people who went to bought it out. Yeah, conglomerate. Um, now they're being way more um, competitive. I mean, last year they were pretty competitive some races at, um, at some races. 
they were definitely getting better. I mean, from what I saw from from their uh, from from this last three days of practice, I don't. I think they're still going to be at the back end of the midfield. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's something that we have to wait a little bit more to see. I think this this is their second year under new ownership. Uh, so obviously, kind of hard to expect them to just shoot right out of the gate. Oh I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a multi-year project, but. No, yeah, yeah like yeah, you say, yeah. the the like money is obviously important for research and development and and production. So yeah, the more they have, the more they can put into it. Now there's there's a cap now, right? There's a budget cap. Yeah, so of course, which is, is better for the smaller teams. Is that going to affect them? Like, yeah, sure, it might because they might not be able to put in as much money. But either way, yeah. it's you know the, the start of a new season, and and these teams is as we go through the races over the weeks, they're going to be able to pick yeah. up a lot more data and and just be able to to make the necessary yeah. changes right yeah but tell me nico about uh mercedes your favorite team i had such What'd a good transition in my head oh all right well give no, me give us your transition I, pretend i didn't say i was anything. gonna be like t- talking about midfield like back to your teams like williams let's talk about another back to your team for this year mercedes but you know clap, clap, let's just clap, hop clap. hop right into mercedes um <laughs> they don't have side pods everyone else does you know this this kind of reminds me of like Hamilton when he went still with like the intermediates, you know, um, ready to like start the race. Everyone else went into the pit to actually get some. What was it like? Yeah, I think that was Archer. Hungary. Hungary, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. This is what it reminds me of. Mercedes, like Hamilton embodies like that that whole thing. Like I. I know that design worked really well, and I really hope they kind of do well because I do like you know battling for like the top positions like i want want competition but like their car has not looked that great i I, like it's true it just it just hasn't like it like ferrari's engines and like the all the cars are like ferrari okay not all the cars but like the cars with ferrari engines like ferrari and haas you know they're like they're going they're hitting really high up and like mercedes like i'm not seeing them like really fighting for like the top positions in, in in the in the testing and yeah they might be sandbagging i mean that's what carlos Sainz said um to kind of half quote him but like it, it's it's it seems weird i'm well, just gonna say that it looks here's the weird thing. here's the thing they kind of dig themselves it's like the boy who cried wolf they kind of dig themselves into a corner because yeah mercedes is infamous for downplaying their their potential and their speed in the first part yeah. of the season during testing, right? And obviously with the sandbagging, yeah, yeah. they they and they just make themselves look not as good. But yeah. I mean, anyone that's been watching Formula One for a few years knows that it's the same story that plays out every year, where Mercedes looks bad in testing, and then suddenly the season starts off and they run away with the, with the constructors and champion. drivers title, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. but that being said, it like yeah, it does seem that. You know they're they're dealing with a lot of issues, uh, a lot of porpoising still. This yeah, these last three days, car which a is, lot of other teams were able to kind of yeah mitigate. If I'm not wrong, their car is the car that's porpoising the most. Yeah, I think right so now. too. I think so too. Yeah, it seems a bit difficult to drive and a bit difficult to kind of be flat out on on the straights, like just yeah. again because of the porpoising. Um, but at the at the same time, I, I think Mercedes has. If it's not the best, it's at least the second best overall team, right? Because I know we kind of oh, agree yeah. that Red Bull probably has the best one. 
Um, I think Red Bull has the best aero designers. But I also think that Mercedes probably has the smartest engineers, you know? Yeah, probably. And yeah, sure. It it might be the case that for the first couple races, they might not be as strong. But like once they're able to get the data that they need, I guarantee you they're going to be able to come with upgrades and, you know, improve their, their current package. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is that they have like the money to kind of have a rougher start to get more data like um what is it red bull in barcelona didn't look that solid like and they were struggling a little bit in barcelona they won in day two practice here in bahrain they were also having a little bit more issues but what happened they brought in a new aero package and then day three uh verstappen takes the fastest lap right that's so it. It, it yeah so it wouldn't surprise me if like mercedes is just trying to test all their theories and then Bahrain, come come Bahrain next week, their car's going to look different. You know, it might have side pods yep. again, it might not. And it's just going to blow everyone out of the water. Like, that's kind of what I'm expecting. But because I, mean, I can't see into the future right now, <laughs> it, like looking at the te- car they have in testing, it, it's it's weird. So another another thing that I, I I can't remember where I heard it, but it was basically what we've seen with these with these uh pre preseason tests the yeah. teams that had the most opportunity with the with the air, with the wind tunnels right to test out the aerodynamics yeah. they're the ones that have been able to start off strong right alfa romeo despite yeah. looking really fragile and you know having a lot of reliability issues they look fast and the package looks good right minimal porpoising yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it seems to handle well same with haas right yeah same with Williams, actually, even even though they're yeah. you know they're not looking like the most competitive team, but they seem to have a really good car and, and package under them. Um, yeah, they they, it, they look like they're they're able to be competitive. It goes to show, at least for me, that you know that time in in the wind tunnel and and that t- extra time spent pre- preparing for the aerodynamic portion of it, um, it paid off. And obviously, the the top teams that had the least amount of time, so Mercedes and Red Bull they've had to do a little bit more trial and error on track during the practices, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a big, um, there's a big theory, I guess maybe theory might not be the right word, but there's, there's a lot of thinking that, yeah, while Mercedes, Red Bull, for example, might not come out right out of the gate as strong as usual, once they're able to get that data, once they're able to get, you know, a lot more laps in and, and be able to to understand what it is that they have to do. They'll just take it. Yeah, they're just going to fix whatever they need to fix and they're still going to be the teams to beat. And I think that would be a, a good theory had Ferrari not existed. Ferrari just looks like the most competitive car. It looks like the absolute best car on the grid right now. They have basically no reliability issues it's fast on every single type of tire leclerc and signs are constantly on the top of the uh, uh, uh of the leaderboards like yeah i think if like mercedes and red bull want to try to take a bit of more of a risk and uh try to test more things out to to get a to like compensate for the lack of the wind tunnel testing um i don't know how smart that's going to be if ferrari can just immediately take it well, that's it. And I, I think that, um, you know, at the, at the very least, they are going to be the strongest team to begin the season, right? And I'm all in the Ferrari hype trade, by the way. And I've said it, I've said it before. 
Yeah. But yeah, the Ferrari hype train is real. We're running Ferrari engines on this train. We've got some nice side pod grooves and, you know, we got to we we got to hop in and, and ride it, right? Mattia Binotto at the wheel. Let's go. Um, but then I mean just kind of from from what I saw in Barcelona and and Bahrain, I think I mean everybody knows that Ferrari has potentially the strongest driver lineup. Maybe Mercedes with Lewis and George now, but that's that remains to be seen. Um yeah. but you have somebody extremely extremely talented like Charles Leclerc and so oh, yeah. fast, you know? And then He's crazy, somebody man. like Carlos Sainz who the you know, the level of consistency and hard work and he just seems like a good vibes type of dude too, right? Yeah. Like it just seems whatever team he goes to, he brings a level of calm and just seems like he yeah. elevates whatever team he's on. He, um, he also like seems really hardworking. Like I nothing on like any of the other racers or drivers, but like I don't know if like because I don't think he's even like ever like shown or talked about it. But like it, whenever I like see like Carlos, it always just reminds me like or always like makes me think of like that like he's like really really putting the time into it like you know yeah. being yeah. as fit as possible like i don't like yeah i know max loves like sim racing and that's basically to what i have understood is what he does when he's like not in like an f1 car yeah, you can catch him in i racing yeah yeah so like but like carlos signs like it wouldn't surprise me if he's like low-key doing something similar no for sure for sure i think yeah he's so Obviously, when when we say that, we're not trying to diminish the the work that other drivers put in. But I do think that Carlos has to be one of one of the people that puts in the most amount of work just to yeah to his looks craft. Like it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean you can see it. You can see it. He's oh, yeah. because he's one, and everybody says he's one of the most underrated drivers. I don't know if that makes him underrated or maybe like rated right because everybody <laughs> everybody has come to the same consensus that yeah carlos Sainz is one of the most underrated drivers don't don't overlook him right yeah um but he's uh, some of the performances that he's been able to pull off and and he's consistent he's close to, to leclerc right and everybody yeah. knows that leclerc you give him a good car he'll give you a, a driver's championship most likely right yeah so yeah i think it's gonna be i mean we're crushing hard on ferrari right now but it's with good reason <laughs> Um, do you yeah. think now here's, here's a big question. If the car yeah. is competitive and they can fight for a world drivers and world constructors championship, yeah. will we see Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz have a little bit of a, a Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton rivalry? Oh, could we see that relationship maybe break down a little bit? If, if both have a real good shot of, of the driver championship, you know, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say no. I don't know enough about Charles. I don't know enough about both of them to really like make a definitive statement. But I, from like the relations, that, the relationship that like Sainz had with Lando, or that Carlos had with Lando um, while they were in McLaren, it seemed like they got along really, really well. Um, but they weren't fighting and, for a championship. No, no, they weren't fighting. But like, it, it seemed like they were getting off like really, really well. And again, with Carl, uh, Carlos in, in Ferrari with, with Charles last year, it also looked like they were getting on really well. And I think with that goodwill that he's already like built up, I, I think it wouldn't devolve into a uh, 
a Nico Rosberg, Lewis sure, Hamilton kind but, of situation. But I mean, you say that, but we also have to remember that Nico were, and Lewis were best friends since kids, which you can't yes. say that about Carlos or Charles. So yeah, they get along yeah. well as teammates, but that, you know, whatever kind of relationship they have now that's good or he or Carlos and Lando, I don't think would be the same as what Lewis and Nico would have had being no. childhood friends and literally yeah. fighting for the same dream and getting to race for the same team and, and just reaching, you know, yeah, yeah. Their, their, their dreams. So I think the opposite. I think if they do have a chance to fight for a, a driver's championship, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not going to be hate and, and toxic, right? But I definitely no. will not see them you know, being all friendly and, and happy go lucky oh, with each yeah. other like like they do now. And and I think it, I, it could devolve. Um I, I mean I I'm not trying to start change. any drama here. No, 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 no. No, I, I think it could change, but like that's it, I don't know if it would get to the point like that Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton were where it was pretty rough. Like Toto in an interview said it was very toxic at pretty much at all points. Um I don't think it would ever it's gonna it's gonna get to that point. Well, I guess we, we can agree to disagree on that particular point. But we can both yeah. agree that Ferrari, Ferrari, is, uh, <laughs> is probably going to be one of the gonna teams win. to watch. And I, I'm excited. As, as big as a Haas fan as I am, I am expecting. Uh, my, official, my official guess of, of, of this season, now that the season basically is, is about to start, and people at the end of the season can, you know, come and yell at me for being so wrong and or so right. If I'm right, please buy me cookies. Um, <laughs> what kind of cookies? Is... Yes, just any. <laughs> okay. Any, any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But every listener has to buy me one. That's that's the thing. Um, so my, my, my current guess is Ferrari will win the Constructors. Um... And I don't actually have a good guess on who is going to become, who's going to take the victory. So I'm not going to take a guess on driver lineup right now. But I, I am going to take the official guess that I think Ferrari is going to be the team to win. Okay. Well, you heard yeah. it here, folks. Um, I did actually have a bit of a, a segue myself. You went a little yeah. bit more into the, the Ferrari uh, topic. But since you mentioned Haas... I yeah. was gonna I was gonna transition to the next talking point, which was yeah. Aston Martin, because I mean I, I, I like Aston Martin. I, I think I would consider yeah. myself an Aston Martin fan before every other team. Fan or Stan? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. a fan most days, but I think it, it borders into Stan. So yeah. <laughs> just it just a, depends. A, Seb, a, a, a Stan for Seb, a fan for Aston Martin. I mean, he is my namesake, right? So it's yeah, kind of hard true. not to not not to cheer for 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 your namesake. And I mean, again, yeah. I like the type of person said this. I think is uh is something that everybody can strive to to work towards. So yeah, I don't think yeah. it's a bad bad combination to cheer for. Um. But, so, so as a stand for Aston Martin, let me hear what's been happening. Well, so it's not, it's, uh, you know, when we did the word association game and Aston Martin was inconsistent, I, I, yeah. I can't think of any other, any other word to, to go by, mm -hmm. but inconsistent or, or like, you know, just the unknown because yeah. 
yeah, Seb looked good with the car. He posted he posted pretty fast times, right? Well within the top yeah, ten, yeah. within the top six, I think. Maybe maybe not on the last day, but it seems like the Aston Martin is difficult to drive, uh, especially yeah. in low speed corners. The drivers have had a really hard time getting to grips with it, and a lot of the rumors that I've been seeing online say that. Aston Martin is not pleased with the design of the car right now, and they're already working on a plan B for for new specs and, and new upgrades, right? Damn, yeah. Which doesn't bode well if, if, no, if that comes to be true, right? That's not what you want to be hearing. Um, I've also seen a lot of predictions as to where they're going to finish, and they're definitely, I mean, according to the predictions, they're looking like a, a midfield team, but closer to the back, you know? Yeah. So... It was it was a pretty rough rough testing. Not a lot of coverage in general, right? Like they didn't no, they, they yeah. weren't really like um, stimulating a lot of conversation within within I the think, paddock. Yeah, I think Haas had even more coverage than Aston Martin did. Yeah, right. So and that's the inconsistency part. It could mean one or two things, right? They could either yeah. be quietly doing well, picking up the data, making the change that they need, or they're just not doing anything significant enough to warrant talking about it, which. Which yeah. would just mean in the season that they're gonna be probably below average, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that has a lot of bad implications. At least again for me uh, as a fan of of Sebastian Vettel and, and Aston Martin, because I'm convinced that if Aston Martin is not competitive this year, Seb's gone. You yeah. know, I yeah. think he he doesn't need F1, and if he wants to, like, if he knows he's not going to be fighting for for top positions in championships, I can just see him retiring and doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah. Again, in another interview, I think Seb said that his goals for the future is to be happy, and if he's not going to be happy in an Aston Martin car in the back of the pack, he's probably just not going to be there. Exactly. Again, as, exactly. As, as an assumption. So it's a bit worrying for me, especially because I do want to see strong performances by Aston Martin. Um, so the last, I mean, the three days of testing definitely left a lot, uh, a lot to want from, from the team in terms of performance. Yeah. But again, you know, just like with Mercedes testing is, is never really indicative of, uh, of what's going to happen in the season. And I will at least say I did, I don't remember seeing anything about, like major reliability issues for the vehicle, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's a net positive. If, if they can maintain, you know, a, a reliable enough vehicle, then even if they're not the fastest, maybe they'll be able to take advantage of, of opportunities that come up in, in certain races where, where there's yeah. a lot of chaos. So and, and who knows? Maybe they might pull a Haas-ish kind of thing this year. Yeah, well, as long as they're not pulling a Haas with what it was last year, just... Yeah, yeah, this yeah, year, no. next year, right? <laughs> um, no, so. what, I, what I meant is um, because I know their factory. I think by next year should be up and running. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they might they might be taking it this year a bit lighter, so that next year with the factory and having you know more resources to put more money into it. But again, I fingers just, crossed, just, man. Be, fingers crossed. Cause... Be completely wrong, and they just might have a bad package. That. It, imagine how much it would suck to like spend invest all that money on on that mega complex and you're already starting off on a bad foot and I, well, I mean from yeah. the sounds of it it sounds like they're not starting off on the best foot so yeah no yeah that's true but i mean yeah. is there do you have anything else that you uh you kind of saw or wanted to add on to 
to yeah. the Bahrain preseason so, testing? So it's something I actually heard from the uh, post-show from F1 TV that uh, I'm going to confirm next year fully. But it's something that did pop out be a bit interesting to me, which is that this is the last year that major engine redesigns are being done, meaning the engines we have right now are going to be the engines for until the new spec for the engine comes out, which actually really interested me. I think it's so, 2025, right? Yeah, so for from here to, let's just say, 2025, the, the current engines are the current engines. So if we see Ferrari with a, a really dominant engine, because, you know, they spent so much time and money, you know, working on it, we might actually see a few years of, like, Ferrari and Ferrari engine partner dominance. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of like their, their shot to get it right, basically. Yeah, and also... Um, closely associated to that this not so many people are talking about it but this is the first year of the Red Bull engine like not the Honda engine but the Red Bull engine and it seems to actually be performing great okay so yeah so the the Red Bull has their own engine producing house obviously with Honda's help I know a lot of Honda technicians went to work for for the Red Bull power unit department so we can think of it as a pseudo Honda engine yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's basically the Honda engine, but, you know, the IP bought from them for that engine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's not like Red Bull dramatically redesigned an engine in one year. That's not how that works. But it is, you know, their engine. It's their branding on their engine, their maintenance, their everything. Right. So it is, yeah. at least for them, it seems it's going quite well. Well, hey, like you said, it's, it's going to be exciting, and, and hopefully the team's... Uh, they hopefully the engines are competitive competitive enough with with one another so yeah that we can actually have some some excitement though to be fair i mean i think last season was probably the most exciting one and it was only really two teams dominating the whole the whole season but yeah obviously i I, we want to see more like i think it was 2012 where there were nine different race winners or something like that right so something ridiculous so um, yeah yeah that's with a lot less races yeah yeah exactly so it's exciting and i'm really looking forward to next week where we can actually talk about the very first grand prix which i'm sure we'll have plenty of plenty to talk about so make sure you stay tuned in for that i'm sure i'm gonna be able to talk about like i'm sure i'm gonna be able to talk 10 minutes for every minute that happens (laughs) yeah yeah special four hour episode of around the paddock (laughs) um where you can call us the new f1 post show but don't no. actually call us that because they might sue us. Yeah, that's not. So, all right. So for the cool down lap, um, yeah, I have a couple of topics picked out. Actually, I just wanted to go with through one of them real quick. And yeah, yeah. it was the Forbes list of highest uh, paid F1 drivers of 2021. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the article is not necessarily the newest one, but I think, you know, it's, it's kind of cool just to see what the uh, what the landscape was like last year as the new year yeah. begins as the new season begins so the manner in which they came up with these figures was by projected on track earnings so they took their salary plus the year to date bonuses that they received plus the total 2021 projected bonuses um, and I just want to preface this by saying I'm not a financial expert and I kind of feel like I I'm saying I'm not an expert in a lot of things. So, I mean, the listeners might think that I'm 
an expert at nothing, but I promise I'm really good yeah. at Mario Kart, okay? So my opinion is, oh. is I would say, pretty valid for this <laughs> because I am also a yeah, racer, yeah, yeah. just a different, a different breed of racer, built different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'll give you the top 10 uh, highest paid F1 drivers. Again, this is yeah. projected on-track earnings. So number one, we have our boy Lou, Lewis Hamilton, $62 million. Um, this yeah. doesn't include sponsorships Oof. or anything outside of that, right? No. Yeah. Oof. Number two, Max Verstappen with $42 million. And obviously yeah. now, having spoken about the, the big new contract he signed, once we revisit this at the end of 2022, it might look a little bit different. That gap might be closed a little, uh, a little bit further. Yeah, I can imagine being a lot close, uh, a lot closer. Close. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the gap yeah. in on track. Um, Pretty much. Number three is a, a public official, so the the Spanish Minister mm. of Defense, Fernando Alonso, with twenty five million dollars. My pleasure. Um, yes. Twenty five million dollars, probably twenty four point five million of those coming from Kimoa or something like that. Because I mean, <laughs> you can't have Alonso without Kimoa. <laughs> Then you have Sergio Perez in in fourth yeah. with eighteen million. Another another, another minister official. of defense. Yeah, so you know the public officials of F one are are getting paid real well. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I was and after Perez, so in fifth was Vettel with fifteen million. Yeah. So I mean, for some we, reason, we, Perez we and Vettel. Know. Yeah. What? What? I was gonna say like Sebastian Vettel, as we all know, the man of every hat, the firefighter. The uh, the race oh, director, engineer, yeah, inspector, firefighter, Seb, yeah. yeah. So if anything, fifteen like million seems like too too low of a number for for all the hats that that battle has, you know. Should yeah. be fifteen million for each of them. But no, I was yeah. I was kind of surprised to see Perez and Battle up that high. I don't know why specifically, but especially Perez. Um, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. I, I was just kind of shocked. I can't, I, I can see Vettel why he's so high up, but Perez is it is it is a bit interesting. It might just be that they Red Bull really did want him that much. And Alonso. Yeah, well, again, Alonso is like third place, like you know, especially because he came yeah. back last year. Um, yeah. So sixth place, we have Charles Leclerc with twelve million. This makes sense. Probably need a little bit more if he decides to put more <laughs> pianos or or vehicles in his Monaco apartment. Because yeah, I mean. Charles, I, I don't know how you're getting those things up in those in those tiny apartments, but however you're doing it, you gotta let me know, man. I, uh, the, I okay, well, I know I know you get like, you know, cranes and stuff, but I just I have to see it. I have to see it. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Um, yeah. Then we have Valtteri Bottas with a yeah. cool ten mil. Very nice. Danny Rick with another cool yes. ten mil. Lando. And then we have the Carlando duo. Yeah. So Lando in ninth with nine million, so pretty fitting. And Carlos Sainz rounding up the top ten with eight million dollars. So I'm actually a little surprised with the, the the fact that Lando is lower down than Danny. I'm gonna be entirely honest with you. Given Lando's performance, I would have assumed it would be the opposite. Well, we said that Danny Rick was more expensive, right? And these are on track earnings. Oh, yeah. So I mean, and, and I in. And I can assume like these contracts were signed at like the start of 2021, so this was like before the entire season. Yeah, plus whatever um, bonuses. Maybe Lando yeah. earned more bonuses, right? 
Yeah, just do those performance, really sh- kind of gets them up. Yeah, but I'm not really too sure about like the financial side of it, but it is interesting to see that Lando was lower down. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I know McLaren paid a butt ton for for Danny Ricardo. Yeah. <laughs> so um, did uh, Renault as well. Exactly. No, exactly. So I'm yeah. surprised he's that far down. To be honest, I'm surprised he's not higher. Um. So that was just a quick little little list of the of the highest paid F1 drivers. Um, so for the next topic here in the cool down lab, just want to get your thoughts, Nico, on yeah. what you which teams you think are going to be competitive for this coming season and which ones won't be. So we don't you don't have to go through all the teams, and I'm I'm not going to yeah. go through all the teams either. But it's yeah. just based on what you saw in Barcelona in Bahrain, yeah. based on what you've seen, hearing rumors yeah. or seeing in the news. Like, what are the teams so, that yeah. you think are going to be the most competitive? So I already said that my money's on Ferrari um, winning the entire um, constructors. And I agree. So, I think Ferrari is will be part of them. Yeah. Um, I think Red Bull or Mercedes is going to be like 2-3. I think it's going to be in no... With obviously Ferrari being number one, but not like... I'm not really sure where the two yeah, would lie. Yeah, no but particular it's be, order. Yeah. yeah. Ferrari, Mercedes, Red Bull. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. Then, I really don't know who would be like, because I don't like Alpine. Well, yeah, I don't the midfield. The being... midfield is hard to predict, honestly. And I, yeah, I mean, it's and like, but what about so the, I'm just gonna the say, back end? What about the back markers? Then? Wait, wait, wait. Right before I go for back end, I'm just gonna say I think, given the fact that I can't really see anything in the middle, like Alpine's low, like I see like Alpine's not doing well, and then McLaren has those breakdown issues. I'm gonna say fourth. Maybe, hopefully, Haas. I'm just going to say that. And then, slow down. <sighs> you know, I'm really not sure. Like, it's kind of all still in the air for me. Like, Alpine is having issues. You know, Aston Martin isn't looking that great. And they're thinking of a potential redesign. That's the rumor. McLaren's having the brake duck issues. So, yeah, it's fast on the straights. But, like, they're going to need yeah, to do Yeah, it's not going to help uh, you if you can't narrow... stop the car to turn it. Yeah, and if they change something to bring more air into the uh, cooling ducts, it's most likely going to also reduce performance. So those three teams kind of like, they're going to be somewhere in the mid-pack, and I fear they might actually drop down. Um, I really hope McLaren does really well, and I hope they to come forth. But And uh, for the rest of the teams, I'm not really sure, honestly. It's like Alfa Romeo's looks pretty alfa romeo so i guess like mid pack and i mean williams would be really cool to see them do well but i'm not entirely sure yet and so, then alfa tori actually alfa tori i'll give you alfa tori might be fourth and then haas fifth yeah fair fair enough yeah alfa tori yeah, is easy I, to overlook forget- but they're they're a strong team they're a really strong team and with ghastly i think they're going to do really solid and yuki who now has a better feel for the tracks so for me I think we're in agreement. Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, top three teams, yeah. competitive in yeah. terms of competitiveness. I feel like, yeah, maybe McLaren or AlphaTauri could be, you know, best of the rest type of deal. Um, it really yeah. just depends if they if McLaren is able to fix those those issues that they've been having. Fully uh, agree with that. Yeah. And in terms of the back markers, I see Alpine being there. Unfortunately, yeah. Alfa Romeo, I see them being one of the back marker teams. Yeah. Um, same with Williams. I don't. I don't see them making a, a significant leap forward, just, yeah. just based on what I've seen. But uh, I think 
those three teams will be the back markers. And I would honestly also say that like Haas could be in the midfield, but I'd put them kind of closer to the back, you know, like I can see them getting points, getting a lot more points than what they did last season, um, especially with yeah. Magnuson um, and obviously Schumacher with, with that extra year of experience. But I, I think they will still need a little bit of work to catch up to, to the top, top teams. I, I agree with you. I think if McLaren gets their cooling duct issues fixed and fixed well, they're going to be fourth. Uh, yeah. Um, AlphaTauri, um, I think they're probably going to be fifth there. I mean, they with Gasly and Yuki, it's, it's being really solid. And yeah, I mean, Haas could be sixth. I think they're just going to be like up and down the charts for probably the entire season. I can see them six, and yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Alpine's probably gonna be like bottom, and so so is uh, Williams, and yeah. All right, so shunt of the week, where we we give our predictions for the Bahrain Grand Prix next week, but yeah, just go through the shunts of the week. So, you want to start us off? Yeah, very sadly. Once again, it has to go to Haas because I think we gave him another shunt a while ago. Yeah, but actually, even last last podcast. I'll put a little asterisk on that on that shunt for Haas. It's not their fault. Well, that and they, I think, in my opinion, they were also able to to pull it together and make up for for the shunt. One hundred percent. Yeah, but their cargo plane just didn't work when they were transporting Haas cars to Bahrain from Istanbul. So their stuff did not arrive on time and they were given extra session time which is when magnuson and uh schumacher got the their fastest laps like magnuson fastest lap of second day of uh testing and then schumacher second in day three but yeah their their cargo ship did not work it looked like a haas from last year i think i i heard somebody say that they were wondering if Haas built their factory on top of like an ancient burial ground or something like that because <laughs> some of the luck that they've been getting is just unbelievable. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, yeah. for sure. Big shunt. Reminds me of Williams a couple of years ago when they weren't when they didn't have their parts ready for testing either, right? Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. It was a good it was a good drive to survive episode, honestly. I felt really bad oh, yeah. for Claire and, and everybody else just kind of oh, running yeah, around no, to get too. these parts ready in time, but when it yeah. came to drama and excitement, yeah, I was I was hooked on that. So yeah, no, I'd say and, that's 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 yeah. probably the big shunt of the week. Yeah, I would argue though the other other shunt um, is arguably, while smaller in scale, I think it's a bigger shunt in depth. Like it's a, it's a it, it's not as wide as a shunt, but it's a much deeper shunt, which is just Alpine. They don't look good, not right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the drivers were able to put on some good laps and good performances. Um, yeah, but I think that's the consensus in general. That yeah, and it doesn't help that Alpine also said um, that they're looking for less reliability but more performance. But their car just doesn't look that performance or reliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. So. so. They 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 have the worst of both. They're the opposite of Ferrari right now. Ferrari is both really reliable looking and fast. 
Yeah, and honestly, it makes me feel bad for for Fernando. Obviously, well, I mean, yeah. and Ocon as well. But Fernando has had some, you know, if we're talking about bad luck, I think Fernando might live on an ancient burial ground because <laughs> I, after after his stint at Renault back in in two thousand five, two thousand six, right, like the early two thousands. Yeah. Um, actually, I should say mid two thousands, not early two thousands, but yeah. Afterwards, he's had really bad luck with, you know, that poor Ferrari car back in like 2012. I mean, he still pulled off a miracle and, and drove out of his mind to, to be competitive. But obviously, that Ferrari car was just not strong. Um, yeah. Then his stint at McLaren as well with, with a really weak engine, GP2 engine, right? Yeah. And now potentially a, a weak Alpine team. So, yeah, yeah. I feel for him. Fernando. If you ever received like a mysterious package with like a piece of jewelry in like the last decade, yeah, that might be it. Throw it away. Throw it away. Return it. Throw it Return into to the thunder. ocean. Yeah. Because or, it is or, not helping. And I know this might be a bit trickier. Contact Nathan Drake. Have him return it. <laughs> there you go. Shouts out on Charted. Yeah. Wait, Nathan Drake as in Tom Holland or Nathan Philly? No. Nah, you go into um, Naughty Dog Studio and the actor, not the actor who did Nathan Drake, just Nathan Drake. Oh, yeah. Just manifested yeah. The, the actual Nathan Drake. I see. Exactly. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Well, or Sully. Hopefully, or Sully, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully they can get, they can get it together. Um, I, it, the pink livery looked really good. So I'm, I'm excited to see that for the first two races. Yeah. And then I will not be excited to see the blue and pink delivery but a discussion <laughs> for another week i suppose yeah um cool so to predictions before we leave yeah i want to hear your predictions your top three yeah. what do you think is going to be the top three for bahrain oh oh top three for second third <sighs> i can see this going two ways so i'm going to give you two predictions okay okay well i mean it's that's just be... widening the net you know well, yeah, but it's not going to be as big as a, a widening as you can imagine. It's either going to be Leclerc, Verstappen, Hamilton, or Leclerc, Sainz, Verstappen. That's my prediction. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My prediction is basically either Mercedes is sandbagging, so then Hamilton's on that list, or they're not sandbagging, then I, I, I bump up Sainz. I would put, yeah, I think I'd put both Ferrari drivers in the top three. Um, honestly, I'd be happy to see Sainz win because it would be his first win in the first race yeah. of the season. So I'm just going to put Sainz as first. No pressure, Carlos, but you better <laughs> deliver. So I'm going to put yeah. Sainz first. I'm going to put Charles second. And I, that's a lot of pressure on Ferrari, but they're looking really good. So if everything goes well, they should be up in the podium. And then in third place, I would see Verstappen. And if I had to switch any out, I would maybe, maybe put somebody like... I'd put Gasly in there. Yeah. That's that's like my, my dark horse, like, out there prediction. I, I would, I'd put Gasly in the podium. That'd be cool to see him. You know, there's a... F1 races are always really hard to predict because anything can happen. You know, like one person. Handbot Vers were like Handbot Vers. Yeah. Podium finish was like the most predictable one you could think of. I know, that's true. But what I mean is like there's always an inst- there's always a possibility that like not to razz on McLaren, but like 
McLaren hasn't fixed their brake duct issues, and then Lando just doesn't brake well because the brake duct issues and just takes out like four half, racers. Yeah, you know, half, half kind of like Bottas did. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a bit trickier to to predict the uh, the outcomes, but yeah, I'm going with Ferrari Red Bull. Watch Nikita Mazepin comes as an independent driver, independent team, takes the win. Rockalai F1. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's be, yeah, it's gonna be Mazepin and it's gonna be oh what's the other racer? The other Russian? Oh Kvyat? Kvyat, yeah. The torpedo? Now yeah, now yeah. talk about taking taking people out. <laughs> so yeah, Shout it's gonna be uh, a <laughs> so this is my new new prediction. It's gonna be Mazepin, Kvyat, one two, and there's not gonna be anyone else. All right. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, we got a week to see uh, to see if our predictions are right. And and to our audience, if you guys have your own predictions on uh, how the Bahrain GP is going to finish, who the top three are going to be, I mean, obviously send them to us. You could send us an email at aroundthepaddockpodcast at gmail.com. You can also yes. reach us out on Instagram at aroundthepaddockpodcast or Twitter. On YouTube as well. ATP underscore pod. And you can also yeah. look us up on YouTube at Around the Paddock Podcast and, and leave us a comment yeah. there letting us know what you think. Um, also, yeah. let us know what teams you think are going to be the competitive and least competitive ones. I want to hear I want to hear what you guys think, too. I, I scour the Internet a lot to see what other people say, but they're not they're not telling us. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. I, I want I want you guys to be part of the conversation, too. So feel free to reach out to us uh, through those means. And we'd love to hear what you yeah. think. Yeah. All right, Nico. Well, yeah. that's pretty much everything that I had for this week. Last week before the season officially gets underway. So, yeah, do you have yeah. anything you want to say to the audience before we take off? Yeah, just one last thing. Because you listen to this episode, you're all contractually obligated to give me a cookie if my prediction of Ferrari wins. That's I'm just saying. All right, I'm just well, saying. You better write I can't it down, hold then. you to it. But you know, it, it is it is in words. It's in a recording now. So yeah, it's out there. My, it's out there. So. My hands are tied. If Ferrari wins, then I'm expecting cookies. If Ferrari wins, I'm expecting Nico to gain about a hundred pounds with, with all the stuff <laughs> he's gonna get. So yeah. All right, man. Well, sounds good. Yeah. I guess we will see everybody next week for the very first uh, race, and oh, yeah. I hope it comes by real quick because I can't wait. No, yeah, me too. With that being said, I want to say thank you to everybody for taking the time to listen into the episode, for continuing to support the podcast, just listening to, to you know, two brothers ramble on about F1 for about an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Have a good night yeah. and good day wherever you are. Peace out. Yeah. yeah. Bye.